With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. I would love to hear from you, so email me. I'm Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. You can check the show out on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. I hope you've been enjoying the shows. I hope you've been sharing the shows. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. You can also donate to the show uh, with a PayPal account, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, Check it out. You know, this takes money, energy, time to do these things, to make them successful, to find you the guests. So please don't feel shy. $5, $10, whatever you might have is always welcome. This morning, I have a wonderful author who is delving, if I will use that word, into um, the waters. <laughs> Her book is called Shallow Waters, and she is the former editor-in-chief of Heart and Soul magazine and managing editor of Beauty Sense magazine. Um, she is on the line now. Believe. Good morning, Anita. Hi. Can you- Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for calling in. Awesome. Yay, I did it right. (laughs) (laughs) No worries, no worries. We connected. I prayed to Yevanya and Obatala and all the other Orishas today. Please, everything go well. That's what I said. (laughs) Awesome. And it's working out so far. So this is a really great book. You have a lot of history um, and, and then the religion. And I, I can tell you, when I was growing up, I think the first time I knew about, like, Yoruba religion, I started dating a guy and his whole family, like brothers, sisters, and aunts, aunts they were all into Yoruba. His, I think his aunt and his uncle, they were, like, priests and priestesses. They had ceremonies. um, the whole shebang. So it was like a whole new thing. So I learned about, you know, that from them um, and the different Orishas and things like that. So now to see your book, I'm like, you know, that was, I was 20s, I'm 51. And now to see a book 
dealing with the topic, but blending it with our American history is really awesome. I have to tell you, really awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because there there are so many people who um, had never heard of Yemeya or the the Orishas. And, and didn't even realize, even with Charlemagne, who published it with Black Privilege Publishing under Atria and Simon and & Schuster, he had read the book and, you know, loved it. And then, you know, like he's already, we, we were in the process of, of um, signing it. And I was like, wait, do, do you know who Yemeya is? And he's like, yeah, the main character in your book. And I was like, oh, Yemeya, I mean... <laughs> She is, she is an Orisha. She is a goddess. She has been around longer than we can even um, than we can even know because originally her stories were passed down orally. The first the first written accounts of Yemeya are from the 1500s, and you know, like she is our original mermaid and I was telling him I was like I was like I bet you've heard her name and he's like what do you mean I was like do you remember the the poem from from Love Jones and he starts reciting the poem because he knows it by heart and he gets oh my to the part where he <laughs> says where he says are you Yemeya oh hell nah you must be Oshun right like mm-hmm. I was like he's like we have been saying it in our culture this whole time and not knowing who she is. And I was like, and Beyonce, you know, is, is given life to the Orishas as well, which she is, you know, she has so much Oshun energy. And then in Black Parade, she says her baby sister is repping Yemeya. So I love how this beautiful African spirituality is on the rise. So, yeah, now how did you learn about the Orishas and Yemoya and Obadala and uh, Alegba? How did you learn about them? Similar to you, I was younger. I was in my teens, and I went to UC Berkeley, and um, just there were so many people who – were in the religion that were my friends and so I had learned about it and I was like really did with Oshun and with Yemeya so Yemeya is um, who Shallow Waters is about she is a black mermaid she is said to be the one who watched over our um, ancestors as we went um, on the middle passage she watched over the ones that made it here and watched over the ones who either jumped overboard or were thrown overboard, and she watched over their souls. And then Oshun is the Orisha of the sweet things in life, of sensuality, of dancing. You know, she loves honey, all of the sweet things in life. And so those were actually the two that I really connected with at first, and this was, uh, I learned them at UC Berkeley, and I, I started... Uh, I, I would say my experience in the religion is very um, spiritual and um, individual, not necessarily a part of a religion, right? Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not fully in the religion, but it's, I feel completely connected through my ancestors. My ancestors 
are from Nigeria and Ghana. And so I feel a, a, a deep ancestral connection. And, and that, that's pretty much where all of this comes from because I just feel like, I feel like Yemeya is so huge and everyone can have their own, their own relationship with her. And, but mm-hmm. also having a deep reverence for people who are within the religion and who know her on a whole nother level as far as, like you said, you know, doing, they have many, many rituals for her and, and celebrations. I know in Brazil they have that huge celebration for her where everyone dressed in white and they put, they put boats out into the ocean, little, little tiny boats out into the ocean with their wishes. And, um, She's celebrated throughout the African diaspora, which is really beautiful that that she survived because there were times where people were murdered for practicing their religion. And so the well, fact definitely. that she... Yeah. I yeah. mean, they were murdered for it being anything um, true to themselves. Let's put it that way. You know, that, like we, we learned, you take away yes. their religion, you take away their language... Yeah. You take away um, even the way they wear their hair, the the ceremonies, yep. because people were afraid. You know, the white um, slave owners were afraid of what what are those yep. people doing out there? Is, is are they hitting are some they kind saying? of spell on us? Exactly. You know, in your book, you even talk about you know, is she a witch? So that's the label mm-hmm. that is put on. I, one of the things I do love is is the some of the other characters are also really great. Um, and now this is this will be a really good book I think for high school students. Um, I think because, so too. <laughs> yeah, because you're way teaching to them that time of history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're relearning the the African traditions or one let's put that one African tradition because Africa is a huge continent. And then you put in these different characters like Waldo, who I'm assuming is Ralph Waldo Emerson. Is that? Is that yes. there? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and yes. then you have um, a doctor character, Dr. Um, Richard, and I think he's also based on, there's a real true doctor, Richard, I think Eels, I think it is, or Ellis or something like that, who who had a house um, and he was part of the Underground Railroad. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm thinking of these characters. Am I hitting it on the point here? Is this, Am I getting close, warm? You, you are. Well, Richard, Richard, this, there, there was the one that you're talking about, but this is at, Richard Dillingham was actual um, uh, historical figure as well. As well. And okay. so, okay. yep, and he, he was, well, I don't want to tell the story, but. <laughs> okay, so we I don't mean, want to tell the story. If people Google, Let's put it this way. You have a what lot. What he did, but, yeah. Yes. <laughs> So, so I'm going yes. to be giving and, away and some I, copies of your book, and they can they can awesome. try to try to win a copy, and yes, and and learn about it. But the blending of the African story and the American story. Now, how did you decide um, where they were going and the characters they were going to bump into? I mean, how many renditions did you have to write in order to get to the final copy? Yeah, oh, girl. <laughs> That's the question, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> there were so many renditions, um, I, but um, 
what it really felt like. I felt like I was being guided. And the actual characters would come to me in ways that I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about other than, other than um, Harriet Tubman. That one I knew as I was going in, right? I knew Harriet Tubman. The others came through in ways like with Ralph Waldo Emerson, like this one day I like woke up and my friend sent me um, uh, a text with one of his, his quotes on it. And I was like, Oh, you know, I love him, you know? And then uh, something happened where someone else said something about him. And then I saw two quotes online by him. And I know that sometimes our phones, you know, send us things that they see onto on our phone, you know, but yeah, the yeah, fact that yeah. someone else said something like the person who said something didn't see that. And so I was like, okay, let me just see how old Ralph Waldo Emerson was during this time. And it totally worked out, and I was like, okay, so he's in it. So it felt like I was guided by the universe as far as what characters were to be in the story. And I wanted to make sure, because some of the ones that are a little bit more obscure, I, I did some research to find people who, that, who uh, are not as famous and mm-hmm. so, that, so that we can learn about what they did. And so some of those I actually looked up to find who was around this time and who did some um, amazing work in, in liberation, in the liberation of African people. So, you know, when I first started reading, I was like, wow, there's, um, there's a lot of sympathetic characters, I'll say. Let's put it that way. Um, and I was like kind of feeling like, do we really need all those sympathetic but I was then I was talking with someone. I was like, well, that's how it had to happen because we needed help from you know sympathetic white characters. Otherwise, a lot of people, a lot more people would be dead. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And so we had to we had to work together. Did you have any inkling about that issue? The the number of like, did you say okay, I only put one or two in here, or um, I really want to make you know, Harriet Tubman said, what, what, how did you decide that part? Um, or was it not a thought at all? It what the, the interesting thing about how this book came along, which was a little bit different than some of my other writing is that there was no outline and I didn't even know where the story was going. I didn't know how it was going to end. It was literally, it felt to me as if Yemeya was sitting on the bed and telling me, So the amount of sympathetic characters I didn't even think about um, as far as how many were going to be in there. And Mm -hmm. um, what what I've noticed, what what I've been saying is that to me, this is my love letter to black women. And I wanted this book to be a tool in black women and black girls remembering who we really are and what that what that means is like um, I I had I had said this before, but there was this, this video that I posted where um, it starts off with like this this little girl and she's all beat up, like has cuts all over her, and it's this dance, and she starts off looking like that, and then she has this staff in her hand and she hits it, and all of a sudden she's in this beautiful African guard. And she keeps hitting the staff and she changes into different African garb and like 
this, you know, beauty, strength, knowing who she is. And so that's what I mean when I'm saying let us remember who we really are because if we connect to our African spirituality, you know, we, we might not remember our language and all of those different things that we lost during this time, but we can connect to our spirit and our spirituality. We can connect to our ancestors. And that's a part of us remembering who we really are. And once we remember who we really are, there's really no stopping us once we're connected. First of all, black women are, to me, they are God. They are amazing. They are beautiful. They are caring. They are talented. Like, it's really, truly amazing. I mean, I think we saw well, in we the have, Olympics we as well. Have, <laughs> exactly. The Olympics just recently. But, you know, think about it. we're women. And then we're black women. So we are dealing with these, these issues of racism and sexism in our society yep. from, you know, our pay scale, from our relationships, um, from trying to get, yeah. um, you know, the job that you want, but then somebody else's, you know, uh, or when you get the job, you don't get the raise that's equivalent to somebody else. Yep. So you're, you're, you're fighting in all, you know, all aspects. Now, you talking about women and healthy women, you had another uh, campaign, Zero F Given. You want to tell the audience a little bit yes. about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, so Zero F Given is a campaign and a nonprofit that I started to help people who have experienced any type of sexual violence. I was sexually molested when I was seven, and... Uh, You know, for me, I wasn't even able to talk about it until I was in my 20s, and the amount of guilt and shame that was surrounded by it, it was as if I was not allowed to be myself. Like, I didn't allow myself to be myself because I had so much guilt and shame. And I Mm. did my own healing around it and, and actually experienced healing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And this was later on in life, like, as far as when I did that healing, it's like my late thirties and, Mm. you know, for most of my life I was running away from sensual or sexual energy. You know, I was fully scared of anything that had to do with pleasure. You know, it was, and I had three kids, so it wasn't like I didn't have it, but it just would feel like a chore and it, I was not, it was not fulfilling to me, mm. I, my essential my, uh, life. And so once I went through my healing and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is all a playground, I was like, if I can heal from this, other people can. And I mm-hmm. want to know how I did. And, you know, I know what it feels like to be so scared of even talking about it because of the guilt and shame that, you know, a lot of times the quote-unquote victim carries all of the shame of the perpetrator, right? Like we carry yeah, it and the as problem, if we did something. People don't believe them. People don't believe yeah. you when you say something. And even to this day, yeah. which is the craziest thing, even to this day, people have that experience that when they tell someone, somebody hurt me, the other party, maybe yeah. mother, father, aunt, uncle, whatever, grandmother, they say, you don't know what you're talking about. 
um, yeah. or don't say anything, you know, what, you know, like try to blame it on the victim. Like, what were you doing yeah. over there? Why were you doing this? What were you wearing? All these yeah. things. And it's just crazy with all the knowledge that we have today, commercials that you see, films that you see, and people still have yeah. this, this dissonance that they, they can't seem to um, overcome. You have a, a master's degree yeah. in spiritual psychology. What does yeah. your degree tell you about why people are not believing, accepting, understanding a person who has been a victim of sexual, of sexual assault, sexual yeah. abuse? Well, all of this, yeah, all, all of it is a mirror. So if we are seeing someone who's going through that, and, and for us to admit it, we're admitting, you know, whether it's, oh, it's been in our family for generations. Like, there's, there's more mm. than just admitting what's happening with, within this one, one experience. And, and so many of us are completely scared of our shadow side, right? Like, the side mm-hmm. that um, experiences guilt, shame, sadness. You know, there's so, we, we run away from those or the majority of us run away from those experiences. And so um, I'm sure there's many other reasons why, you know, a, a parent might not believe a child but or, or someone, you know, someone in the family might not believe. But a lot of times it's like, oh, well, then you're, admi- you're admitting, admitting it about ourselves and our mm. family. And it's, like mm-hmm. we just want to keep it hidden and and it could be especially if it is in the family line which it is in my family line and well actually I won't say that anymore I would say I've stopped it <laughs> I'm like I've been so <laughs> vocal about it and you know my 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 family and I and I love my family but there was this this um sickness that was going through it and I've been so vocal about it because I was like, there is not going to be one more child that experiences this. And I'm going to mm. be loud and I'm going to tell everyone that they're doing it. And yes. it's just going to stop because it, it is, it is, a, it is a sickness. And, um, and as long well, as you, you have to things be, in, no, I was just saying you have to shine a light on it in a sense, you know, to cast out the shadow. Yeah. Um, I hate to sound kind of, you know, cliche, if you will, but that I think really works. Now, you have like T-shirts, sweatshirts, tank tops that people can buy from there to support the organization and the work that you're doing. Yeah. Um, if somebody wanted yeah. to volunteer with you, how, how would they volunteer with the organization? Is that something they could do? or? That, well, the, the way that they can volunteer right now is if they are a psychologist and if they want to, well, a, a person, a POC, a person of color, psychologist, so mm-hmm. I um I concentrate on people of color uh, because when I was in my healing, it was all white people around me, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I need a space for people of color who are on this healing path. And mm-hmm. um, a huge thing that I realized when I was able to heal that part of my system is that I was able to step into my power. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, on a whole other level. I was in powerful positions, like, quote, unquote, right, like editor-in-chief of Heart and Soul. But yeah. 
when I would walk into, um, a, you know, a, a board meeting or something like that, and I, I wouldn't, I wasn't able to hold my own because I would feel that even though I was in the power position, I would feel that other people had power over me and maybe their ideas were better. And mm. where, you know, once I did that healing, I was so sure about what it is that I wanted, what were my intentions in sharing. I know my wisdom, you know, like it just yes. had me yes. be able to really stand within myself with power. And so I wanted to create that's, that's, a space. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I wanted to create a space for, for people of color. And, um, I think that's really important. Know, people of color need that. You know, I'm always my show. My show didn't start out with people of color, but I just started veering toward that because I felt the need. So anytime I try to do a show, um, I try to bring people of color who are either experts on or dealing with the subject. I can't do that 100% of the time, but 90% of yeah. the time I can do that. And even if I can't, I try to focus on concern or need to be explained. There's a lot of myths around them. So, like, my next show is dealing with schizophrenia, and I had another show about Mm -hmm. um, bipolar disorder. So there's myths around these things. So let's get the the real deal about what's going on with these issues. Now, uh, I was reading that you're going to have to explain it to me. Catch up on quiche. What? what? I mean, <laughs> Wait, did I really say that somewhere? I really do love it. <laughs> you did say that. Now, I'm, uh, what I need is for you to have like the hot sauce in your pocketbook because that might give a little oh, yeah, bang yeah. to it, hot you know. Sauce, <laughs> hot, hot sauce, sauce and cheese. ketchup. And the thing is, that's from when I was young, and I still like it. It's so funny. I, I can't believe I. Put that somewhere. I don't even remember. <laughs> I do a little research on people. Okay, I'm just trying to find stuff on y'all people. But um, uh, that was the funniest thing because I remember eating quiche when I was a kid. But I just remember it being like this, like hooty tooty, like you know, upper class, like oh, I'm eating quiche, right, like yeah. mm, you know. Um, so then Keep I saw the right? I was like. But it's eggs. That's what it is. It's like baked eggs with some stuff inside of it. You know, I mean, I'm sure people would hate to hear me say that, like chefs probably. <laughs> oh, my God. So what other um, foods do you like to eat with these weird combinations? Do you have any other weird combinations we should know about? <laughs> Let me see. Weird. Well, you know what's interesting? I don't have it now, but I used to love it when I was younger when I, when I could eat. Um, I don't eat gluten anymore. But my mom, oh, okay. um, my mom would make these marmalade sandwiches with cheddar cheese on them, and send me to school with them. So my mom, my mom is from St. Kitts and then moved to England. So you know, it's, it's more of like a British thing, I guess. And, no, no, no. Let me tell you I, a story. You love it, right? If you love the flavor of the marmalade and cheese. My grandfather yes. used to make me, guess what, on white bread, bologna and cheese with butter on one side and jelly on the other side. Yes, right? <laughs> and I remember loving that. And when I told him about when I was adult, he was like, I do that? Really? I said, yes, Papa, you used to make those sandwiches for me. And I ate them. <laughs> like, I didn't know. Like, they were good. <laughs> 
They were so, it's so good. I guess it's like the salt and the sweet mix. Why is yes. my mouth watering now? Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I'm watering. I think people's, their mouths are going to be watering to, to read your book. Um, you do talk about food in the book. Um, she does talk about some good food, make you want to go cook something. Um, but right. there's a lot of um, magic in the book and uh, connections, um, you know, scary moments where you think everything's going to go to hell, but it doesn't. And then yeah. there are other times where you're like, I don't know if it's going to not, if it's like, is somebody going to die here? So she got a whole bunch of stuff going on, actions. She has romance. Oh, my God, the romance. We needed like 6,000 violins for the romance in here, okay? Um, <laughs> but um, so are you going to come up uh, with a, um, a sequel, um, uh, uh, some other Arisha or something like that? Yes. Yes, the, I'm, I I won't give it away, but yes, you pretty okay. much kind of hit the nail on the head just now. <laughs> okay, okay, so, good, good. Well, I yeah. I hope that you can come back on and um and discuss the the the, the sequel. And uh, I'm gonna I would wish you to. much success with this book. And um, like I said, I'm gonna give away some copies. Follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Saturday mornings with Joy Keys on Instagram. Saturdays with Joy Keys. Uh, on uh, Saturdays with uh, Mornings with Joy Keys on Facebook. And, um, Anita, where are you? What's your, what's your handle online? People can follow you. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I am Anita Kopach, A-N-I-T-A-K-O-P as in Paul, A-C as in Cat, Z as in Zebra. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank, thank you, you for, so much for coming on this morning, and I wish you so much success. Um, go get some quiche and, and put some ketchup. No, hot sauce on it. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I'll get your bologna cheese and jelly sandwich. Yes. Yes, I will do that. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'll be doing a show on schizophrenia coming up next, so you want to stay tuned. You can always call in, 516 387 one seven four five. You guys have a great weekend. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.